It's the same thing that you would do that any teacher would do in their classroom. Yeah. With their students, I think. And then you mentioned before, I, I, I don't like to treat adults like students, but I like to use the same skills of working with students as they work with adults. Yeah. And it's about trust. It's about listening. It's about and it's about really believing. And that they can that they can do this, and uh, empowering them to do that with with a level of autonomy that uh, they need in order to be successful in on on their terms. Yeah. Um, additionally, I think the only thing I would add to that is I think that uh, being part of a really good team is critical. And I've been on teams. I've played a bit, played basketball in college, and all sorts. Of, it, Lots of times with that, and, and I've been on teams that are really highly successful. I've been on administrative teams. I've been on uh, grade level teams, and I've been on some that have not been. And so right now, I'm in a wonderful setting with a great team. Um, um, my leadership team and my and my administrators that are around me are hard workers, and they're committed to the same why uh, that that our staff is. And um, when we have that, we can do so much more. So, um, being surrounding yourself with people who are, have the same beliefs that you have, hopefully your beliefs are the right ones, but, uh, uh, and then, and then challenging them to, and, and supporting them just like I would with a classroom teacher or kids. It's all the same. Yeah. Trust, trust in autonomy will get you, get you a long way. Hello and welcome to MacTown Heroes, a podcast about small town people doing big time things from the hallways of McMinnville High School in the charming and delicious little town of McMinnville, Oregon. I'm your host, Matt Brisbane, coming at you from room A202 on the Adams campus of Mac High. I'm really excited to say that today's guest is the man behind the curtain, helping to make this magical place such a great school, our principal, Tony Vicnair. As you'll soon hear, something that many of us who work at this school believe is that it's one of, if not the best high school in the state of Oregon. Tony has played an integral part in getting this high school of 2,200 students moving in the direction that we're heading. During the episode, you'll get to hear what makes this place so great and how our culture has been shaped by the guidance and leadership of Tony and the other administrators that have worked with him. So sit back, turn up the volume, and enjoy this next episode. Okay, welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, today's guest is a very special guest. He's the <laughs> head principal of uh, McMinnville High School today, Tony Vicnair. Thanks for joining us today, Tony. It's great to be here, Matt. Thanks for letting me do this. Absolutely. Um, you know, th- the, there are so many things that I, I want to ask of you, but the first that I always kind of start with everybody is uh, let's go all the way back to the beginning and just talk a little bit about why you decided to become an educator. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, the different roles that you've had, different jobs that you've had, how many years here, how many years there, that kind of a thing. Great. Um, so I went to, I went to Linfield College to, in pre-med, and that wasn't going the particular direction I, I liked, but I found out I was afraid of blood. <laughs> um, I, uh, That's a I bad knew, sign there. Yeah, did, knew I was going to have some trouble. Um, so, um, I did one of those interest surveys. I always did the interest survey when I was in high school. I bubbled the bubbles to make it look what I wanted to be. Sure. But then I, uh, when I did, I went and did it at the career center there in Linfield for reals. And they said, you should be in a, in a human resources area. So like a classroom teacher or in, or those kind of things. And I said, Oh, 
That sounds great. So I started moving in that direction. I played basketball for Linfield, mm-hmm. and um, I worked basketball camps, and I always had a, 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 um, a love for working with kids in that, in, in that capacity. So one thing led to another, and I had a great student teaching experience at Patton Middle School, who was McMinnville Middle School at the time, in 1980. Nine. Okay. And um, and at that point, I um, I was hired at Patton, and um, I coached uh, basketball here at McMinnville High School during that time, and was a basketball coach here for uh, nine years, um, varsity assistant for most of the time, and uh, I just I I felt like that was a uh, uh, I really I tried to take put in the classroom the same skill set that I put out in the. Uh, out on the basketball court with kids and sure. that was, um, just make sure you're you're giving them feedback that that is meaningful and is valuable whether it's constructive or or uh, supportive and uh, um, and I think that uh, I would hope that uh, I've, I've kind of tried to make that my mission throughout everything I do sure which is that direction so. absolutely so uh, you said nine years of coaching and teaching at the high school level is that I, right? I coached at the high school I taught at Patton Middle School for 12 years okay and then um, um, I, I I had I, I've I had a lot of people tell me I was really organized and I had a, a pretty good style for for leading and they thought that that uh, that um, they thought that it might be make be able to go into administration might be a good idea. I, sure. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, um, I had an opportunity to take some of the classes. I actually started taking the classes and I dropped them because it just wasn't my thing. I just did not like that direction. But uh, but I picked it back up again and um, got my got my uh, endorsement in um, in in um, uh, uh, my initial administrative license and uh-huh. I went to work at. Um, South Salem High School for two years. Um, I have to tell you, I wasn't a big fan. I um, I learned a lot while there, sure. but um, I love McMinnville kids. I love our community. I still stayed here and, and lived, but I drove there every day. And um, um, so I spent uh, as soon as the job opened up here to be an assistant principal here at McMinnville High School, I jumped on it, and uh, I've been here ever since. So about sixteen years here in McMinnville High School in some capacity or another from assistant principal to director of secondary programs with oversight over McMinnville high school and middle schools and then back to assistant principal and then principal. So, um, I love it. I love my job. I, I, like I said, I love the kids of McMinnville. I love the staff and how, what a great staff and hardworking and, and skilled that we are. Um, Absolutely. And, and believe in the mission that we have here at McMinnville. So, uh, that's, quite the career it sounds like you've worn a lot of different hats from you know uh being a classroom teacher at a middle school to being a coach to being uh, an administrator to being you know a program director and mm-hmm. all of these different things so <clears throat> if we were to sort of work our way backwards through your career and think about like who those people were that were the biggest influence on mm-hmm. you as an educator who who would you like to give a shout out to as you know being influential for you well, I think I would I, I'd start with um, the the reason why I wanted my experience to be at, at high school for kids the same at, that that a couple people at my high school did at Gresham, Oregon. Um, one was my shop teacher, uh, Bill Cluth, and uh-huh. he uh, he made me believe that uh, to have that passion, find your find your niche, 
have that passion, something you love, and come to school every day so you could do that. Yeah. Um, and the other one was uh, my basketball coach, Scott Carpenter, who made me believe that I can do more than I maybe I shouldn't have been able to do. And uh-huh. I say that because I, I grew up in poverty and uh, um, I grew, grew up... Uh, um, um, I was born born in Inglewood, California. I spent 12 years down there, and I didn't, you know, my, my life would have been a lot different if I stayed down there, I believe. So coming up here, I didn't have a whole lot with poverty and uh, single, you know, uh, a single family. Uh, with my mom raising us, I felt like uh, I probably could have gone a different direction, and he believed differently, so... It's really interesting sometimes how, you know, it's kind of this cliche that you hear about education sometimes, but it really is just a simple little thing. Like when a student knows that their teacher really believes in them, that they can do something that maybe they don't believe that they could do themselves, what a huge difference that makes, mm-hmm. just knowing that someone believes in you. And it doesn't take much. I mean, even just a, a sentence or a, a, a handshake or looking someone in the eye. I mean, yeah. I, remember, I remember moments specifically from both my shop teacher and my and my basketball coach about things that 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 were game changers for me and uh, um, I, my hope is to to interact with as many students as I can at this level and 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 have that maybe someone will remember me like that and, sure um, and that would mean a lot if that were the case so these are two examples from when you were a student do you have examples from you know throughout your career who are those Sort of teachers that sort of took you under their wing, or yeah. maybe gave you some some guidance. When I first started teaching, um, I I found I had two I had two mentors. One was um, <clears throat> Marilyn Salter, uh-huh. and the other one was Jim Ray, <laughs> and they were two of the most different. They were both math teachers, yeah. and they were two of the most different people you can imagine being. And what I tried to do was glean information from each of them and styles from each of them. Um, yeah. Um, very organized. Jimmy was very organized. Very, um, um, uh, he was a, a outgoing, likable sort of sort of fellow, but very also. Um, um, he didn't put up with much no, shenanigans. He did. No, he didn't. Not a lot of shenanigans. No. So um, and then um, and you know his lesson plans were pretty clear. Yeah. And then uh, Marilyn Salter was very. Uh, blah, 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 blah. She was all <laughs> over the board. She'd have yeah. way more things on the board that she could ever get accomplished. Yeah. She'd change on the fly, and she and so lots of energy. And um, for me, it was it was nice having that in the um, having those two as mentors when I first started um, to get me uh, to get me through that. Um, I think the um, as I grew as I grew, um, um, I had uh, 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 Chris Olson, who was our principal, who was our principal at Patton Middle School. Sure. He's also. Uh, got my first job for me over at uh, South Salem High School as assistant principal, and then came back here as principal when I was came back to McMinnville. I felt like uh, he provided a lot of. Um, he wasn't a type of guy that gave you a whole bunch of compliments, but he gave you a lot of guidance. Yeah, he showed me how. Um, I I always believed that he was an outstanding high school principal, and he came into a school that was pretty broken. In yeah, places and was able to. With we were able to work really hard to get us to a point that. Uh, um, that we can, uh, um, that we are today, which is um, um, uh, one of the best schools I believe in the state of Oregon. And so I would say that Chris was a, a, a person that was brought me a lot of that. I believe I guide a lot of my organization and my upper end leadership style from. But I also have to say it's uh, it's Mark Heider. And yeah. I say Mark Heider because I like to 
Mark had a way about connecting with every kid that he he uh, um, from from whether they were six to sixteen years old to twenty six years old as he he just had a way of connecting with them and I think that there's a um, you and like we talked before Matt the the piece where if there's something I can say to a kid that's going to make a difference I'm going to continue to try sure. and it's going to be joking with them or or believing in them or um, maybe give them a hard lesson or um, but I think uh, Mark had a way of, of connecting with kids that I that very few people can do, and uh, I learned a lot from that. So I try to. I don't think I'm a I'm a copycat of any one person. I think there's little bit little pieces of, of everything. And, yeah. Uh, and I think I I my last one is I got a, I uh, my I have an incredible motor. I you always had an incredible motor. I work really. Um, I wouldn't say I work really smart, but I work really hard. Yeah. And um, I get that from my mom, and oh. she's a person who's uh, who getting had to raise our family pretty much by her by herself, both financially and uh, and otherwise, and guidance. And so um, I believe in hard work, and I believe in in uh, um, in uh, doing as don't don't uh, don't ask someone to do something you wouldn't be wanting to do yourself. Sure. And so I think that's a that's a I use her guidance to help me out with that. That's awesome. Um, as you were kind of going through your career, you mentioned uh, kind of being hesitant about mm-hmm. moving on to totally. be an administrator. Um, can you walk us through that decision? What was it about, you know, that it, uh, the possibility of being a principal that helped you to, you know, finally decide to leave the classroom? And then um, I, I guess, you know, when, when you finally take that step, um, what is the hardest thing about not being in the classroom? Like, what do you miss the most about being in the classroom? So the the real tough part for me was I had I I be- I believed in building relationships with students. Yeah. And I thought that um, it, I taught all levels of math. I had a great gig at at Batten, um, I, and I I could have done that for a long time. Um, the funny I. Uh, I was always the the I was always the person that didn't go find a girlfriend until I heard that that girlfriend liked me. That gotcha. girl liked me. Right. I didn't know what I didn't know, and right, so right, right. Um, not that I had a whole bunch of girlfriends, but um, well, but you never you, maybe you didn't you didn't know what I you didn't, didn't know. know I, right? I, yeah. I, my assumption was always that <laughs> I I waited until someone else liked me. Yeah. Or I waited until someone told me that I had a skill set that I didn't quite believe I liked doing it, but I didn't really believe it 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 caught on. So. Um, I think it was that that the I was a I did uh, ASB at the at the middle school I did uh, I was a stu- I was a uh, site council co- uh, site council um, chair I did a lot of different things that were more management pieces sure. and those are great but I was always worried about losing the connection with students and so um, when I finally made the jump to do that. Uh, um, it was really scary, and it was actually two of the toughest years of my life, which were at South Salem no, High South School. Salem, yeah. Because I didn't make a lot of connections with students. It wasn't the types of students I, I just, I just felt uncomfortable in that setting, like unlike I do in the setting I'm in now. Sure. Um, but what I found is you only get out of what you put into it, and so if you want to continue to make that happen, you got to work really hard at doing it, and so. Um, being a going to all the going to all the games and being in all the dances and being in all the uh, the uh, 
seeing kids out, outside of the school, being in the hallways, yeah. uh, going into classrooms, all the things you can do as often as you can to connect with kids. And then what I find is that back here at McMinnville, with all the connections I had with you know, being here 30 years and all the families that, that I've that I've been around, my wife has been around. It, it it's a it, it's a pretty powerful you know pretty powerful thing when I see their parents that I taught right with their kids. And, Absolutely, and I got connections with both of them, and that makes that's that 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 kind of brings it all full circle. And so, um, it's scary to step away from the classroom, real scary. Um, but you got to remember what you what you really enjoyed about being in the classroom, and try to make sure that you're um, that you continue to do that find your niche as well in in administration in a different well. role yeah. yeah so you mentioned having a hard time you know making connections with kids those first couple of mm-hmm. years what are some of the little tricks that you picked up along the way to make sure that you know you're yeah. you're not just you know this figurehead but mm-hmm. you're you're also someone that kids know and have a relationship with and you're it's not just a scary thing to go to the principal's office necessarily well uh, i think the 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 great part of being the principal compared to being an assistant principal is I really have a, a umbrella opportunity I can do I can schedule myself for any sort of thing I can go to any event um, as assistant principal sometimes I had a, a niche that I had to do sure um, so some things I've learned was when you're in classrooms figure out what kids are really liking about that class yeah. And and then remember it so when you see them later on, you can revisit that. Mm-hmm. Or you can you need to remember something about each of those kids that's really that's really important to them, um, so that you can kind of make that connection. Um, a little trick that I have that that I use uh, um, at lunchtime, I walk around and I and I push the garbage can around. Yeah, and you'd be surprised the little conversations you can have with with kids around. What they ate for lunch? Why they ate that? Did you do go to Wendy's or do you end up going to Dairy Queen? Sure. Why did you get that? And and uh, did she go with you or he go? In those kind of things, just those little conversations you have, and they appreciate not having to get up and throw their stuff away. Of course, uh, just those little things. Um, but also going being a part of as many things outside of the school day as you can. Yeah. Because that's sometimes if they haven't found their passion yet in school. When you see them outside of school, that's probably a, that's they're probably doing something that they really love. And yeah. So if you can connect with that first, then maybe you can roll that connection that uh, into the school setting. But being around, be visible, and and every day is a new day, Matt. Yeah, you know, No matter what that happened the other day, with a kid, a situation, you gotta you gotta bounce. You gotta bounce back as well as the kid. And you would need to go back and remind them that hey, we're gonna we're it's a fresh start. And I think that's also important. Uh, I've had some tough conversations with some kids this year, but I would say that all of them ended up okay. In the, maybe not even not the minute they left the office. Sure. But maybe a little bit later. Well, so. and and you know we're in a school. You know the purpose of being here is to learn, mm-hmm. even from your mistakes. Right. Right. And so I I think part of being an educator is having that mentality of. You know, no matter what a kid says or no matter what a kid does, you know, with a few exceptions here and there, uh, you have to have some thick skin and you have to learn how to roll with it mm-hmm. and how to forgive quickly. Um, because in the end, uh, if if a student knows that they screwed up, but they feel like you're holding a grudge, mm-hmm. that's tough. game over for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they have a hard time learning from that. And so they, 
making a kid feel welcome as much as possible is, is really key. We are the adults. Absolutely. I know sometimes it, it, it's tough to it's tough to always want to be that. I want to pout sometimes. I want to um, sulk, um, but I think the uh, I think every event is an opportunity for education, and and even in the in the discipline office in the guidance center, um, out on the football field or basketball court, um, as they're in the stands, anything is a, is a learning experience. So, and we learn as much as they do sure. about how to do our jobs better. Absolutely. So one of the things that uh, I've noticed in my new role this year as a technology toast, I've, I've been able to work with you a little bit more closely throughout the year. And um, I've noticed that your, your management style is actually really similar with adults as it would be, as maybe I would have with students in my classroom. Are there little things that you go back to from being a classroom teacher that you still use as an administrator working mostly with teachers and adults and things like that? Well, my strength would be, most people to say what my strength isn't, is when they email me <laughs> and I don't always get back to them. But I believe that um, having face-to-face conversations yeah. with people is, is paramount to my success. Additionally, I think that... Um, um, I, I pride myself in being a good listener, and I know that sometimes it, it's uh, I being here a long time. I do know a lot of stuff about the way the school goes and what where to get things, and and I pride myself on hearing somebody out completely and and asking. I'm not the best question answer asker, but uh, but I can tell you I will I will try to. Um, uh, find ways to make sure I have, I'm really clear about what people are asking. Yeah, I, there is not a day. Most of the emails I get, Matt, have a question mark at the end, which <laughs> yeah. means something they need. They need something, something from you. And so, uh, and part of that's because over the last 16 years being here, part of the school, I, I've been able to knock down barriers for people, um, minimize roadblocks, and and get people the things that they need. Yeah. So. Um, um, I think the, uh, if, if there's a trust level and I have, a, a, I think with a lot of the staff that they, they trust that when they ask me for something, um, I'm going to go about trying to get that for them. And, and, um, when they need some support that I'm going to be there for them and they know that I work hard. Um, but the more you can get, it, uh, be real with them face to face, having a conversation with them and, and listen, the better off you're going to be in. Um, uh, and ask questions. Be sure. clear on that. So, and I think if you treat that uh, just like I do with with uh, students, I like to be really clear with them. And uh, um, but I know if 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 our teachers feel empowered and they feel like they are being listened to and they get the things they need, they're the they're they're the saving grace of our school. They're yeah. going to make a difference for all those students. Sure. So, I'm basically helping them by helping the teachers. So if you have a, a new hire to the building, someone maybe who isn't, doesn't have a ton of experience with their new position, um, it would be really easy for you as the head principal to just say, here is what you do and here's how to do it. Now go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen you let get, give people a little bit more rein and, and let them sort of figure out how the job works for them. How do you manage that and, and give those new employees the, the autonomy that they need to be able to, to learn how to, how the job fits best for them without, but, but also still feeling like, uh, you know, they have that safety net or they have that guidance from you too. 
Well, at first, I appreciate you saying that, Matt, because sometimes those are little things that get overlooked. I believe that um, um, I don't. I don't want to lead with a iron fist. I don't yeah. want to. I I believe that everybody is smarter than me. They all they all know their role better than I know their role. Um, even those coming right out of school. Um, I also want them to feel uh, that they they can trust me. Yeah. And so by so that if it, I don't want people to feel like they have to hide a situation or an un, something I don't understand or something that from me or over our assistant principals at all because without then we're then we're in trouble. So because I, I you start with really good hires and I believe we've done a, a, a remarkable job of getting good people here and then you train them as best as you possibly can about the things that that we want all teachers to know. Sure. But there's still plenty of autonomy in every classroom for the kind of things that that they got into teaching for. Yeah. And um, and when I when I'm in some of those classes, I'm just astounded by the, the level of creativity and um, and uh, uh, opportunity that they pr- provide for kids with all the different things that we offer. So um, trust, I guess, Matt would be the biggest one. As I do, and maybe I trust too much. Um, but I think that if a, if a person feels comfortable enough to come to me and say, you know, Tony, I don't. I don't know that this is working well for me. Can you help me with this or this or this? I I, I wanted if we can't have that conversation, then I then I'd let them down. Sure. So. so something you've mentioned a few times already is how great you think our school is and how great you think the, the teachers are. are and all of those kinds of things. You know, having worked in a few different schools, two different school districts, mm-hmm. in various roles, uh, can you just talk a little bit about what makes McMinnville High School, uh, you know, such a special place? Well. So remember the girlfriend comment. You know, yeah. it's the same kind of thing that happens here. I there's a lot. Many times, uh, people will come to me while I'm at another location, or I'll at uh, we supervising a game, or at a, a a conference with other principals, and they'll say, "Hey, you have this. How did you get that? You're able to do this. How were you able to maneuver to get to to be able to do that?" And I'm and whether it's the whether it's the most college credit in the state of Oregon, or 16 pathways of 12 of them being career and technical education pathways. Whether it's, um, you know, 17 AP tests that we offer. I, I may be bragging just a little bit. No, that's this is your time to brag. But that's these okay. are the, those are the kind of things that that uh, you don't really realize. It's it just becomes. It's so important, Matt, that we provide those things for our kids here in McMinnville because we I believe we're a little bit geographically isolated. I believe that we get to provide the types of experiences to our school that our to our students that happen in all other schools in Oregon. Yeah. And we just happen to do it really well and we also happen to get good results and what we happen to do is uh find really good teachers who can do this work with kids um and they do it at a at a, at a high level and we get high results. So um when I see other schools, there's little bits and pieces of greatness. Yeah. But I, um, and, and when we started this, pro- we started this journey, you know, 16 years ago, I would steal from people about their, the things that they oh, do. Of course. Well. Yeah. Because that's don't part even, of being an educator. You know, if they, if that is a great lesson or that is a great uh, program they have, I want to see the things that, that we can put into our program and then make it better than, than theirs. Um, so part of it will be uh, there's there's nothing that we have that's really unique, completely unique 
to McMinnville High School, but the whole package of everything we offer for our students, I believe, is unique. Um, and just th- just this week, just starting our Unity Month right now, and the types of things that we're able to do with our kids. Last night we had just a phenomenal uh, event uh, with uh, with our um, the Unified Sports. Unified Sports, and the the turnout from our students and our staff was was awesome. And so, it's just those some of those things that you just really don't. You don't actually teach that. It just becomes part of the culture of what your school does based upon how well we treat our kids, how hard we work, and how, um, and how committed our, 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 our teachers, our staff are. So um, the, lots of schools do great work. It's just hard to get the full package together like I think we have here at McMinnville. So I'm actually pretty blessed. You, you talk about culture building, which I think is something we have – uh, you know, I think we have a really strong culture here, but you also mentioned that, you know, 16, 18 years ago, mm-hmm. um, maybe that wasn't necessarily the case. So, you know, can you talk a little bit about what do you have to do to get that turnaround? What do you have to do if you go into a place that is maybe kind of a rough school or a mm-hmm. hard place to work and, and turn it around to get the kind of thing, uh, that we have here today. That's a that's an excellent question. I don't necessarily know there's a manual for that. Yeah. But what I would say is, you start by listening about some of the, and don't. I I when I think of when I think of listening, sometimes I'll listen and I'll hear the one percent, mm-hmm. which is the person who's talking about the one percent thing that can happen. But I, you want to listen to the collective voice of of people to see what is it that they really want from their school. And then you start to move in a direction that a lot of people want. Um, uh, we started with the, the vision of our school board and our superintendent because ultimately they're my boss. Uh-huh. And I, I wouldn't think that – I didn't believe that their vision was broken. Um, mm-hmm. I believed it was right on par with uh, creating kids that are, that are college and career ready yeah. and creating a culture in our school where kids are in school. I mean – that's not too much to ask, it seems like, but it's a huge, it was a huge change for us because kids didn't always go to school. Yeah. We had a really high dropout rate. We didn't offer a lot of programs for kids, so they didn't want to stick and go to school. Um, and we just had a smaller number of kids going to college. And with, when we lose big industry in town like Evergreen and Hewlett Packard during this, during this time, it's more important than ever that our kids kids can go off to college or have a skill that they can go get a fa- earn a family living wage right out of school because we don't have the big quote unquote um, mill the mill to go work at so yeah. um, uh, I think listen so when listen to your staff listen to your parents but but and then use the strengths of the staff to help change the uh, turn the ship Um we had we didn't have we had teachers on staff that could offer college credit but we didn't yeah we just didn't do it we tried, so we started to to look within their own selves to see who had that skill set we had two teachers on staff that can do career pathways yeah but they weren't and so we kind of put that those pieces together there was nothing more uh, pride building for a, a staff member if they can offer some of those things or AP classes or things like that 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 make kids want to come just another period longer. Well, and, and from a teacher's perspective, I can say that when, you know, your supervisor, you, an administrator comes to you and says, hey, I see that you have this skill set. Uh, I want to give you the, the freedom to, like, really grow that and to build on it and make this thing uh, your own. 
you know, that is a huge compliment and a, and a huge uh, confidence booster, I think, for teachers. And so, you know, just that piece, like you just mentioned, really empowers the staff. It's the same thing that you would do, that any teacher would do in their classroom yeah. with their students. I think, and then you mentioned before, I, I, I don't like to treat adults like students, but I like to use the same skills of working with students as they work with adults. Yeah. And it's about trust, it's about listening, it's about, and it's about really believing and that they can that they can do this and uh, empowering them to do that with with a level of autonomy that uh, they need in order to be successful in on on their terms. Yeah. Um, additionally, I think the only thing I would add to that is I think that uh, being part of a really good team is critical. And I've been on teams. I've played uh, been played basketball in college and all sorts of. It, lots of times with that and, and I've been on teams that are really highly successful I've been on administrative teams I've been on uh, grade level teams and I've been on some that have not been and so right now I'm in a wonderful setting with a great team um, um, my leadership team and my and my administrators that are around me are hard workers and they're committed to the same why uh, that that our staff is and um, when we have that we can do so much more so um, being surrounding yourself with people who are, have the same beliefs that you have, hopefully your beliefs are the right ones, but, uh, uh, and then, and then challenging them to, and, and supporting them just like I would with a classroom teacher or kids. It's all the same. Yeah. Trust, trust and autonomy will get you, get you a long way. So as a, as a classroom teacher, sometimes, um, it's hard to get the big picture of what's going on at school. Cause you're, you're in your room you see your kids every day. You're sucked into your lessons uh, and it, and sometimes you don't know all of the ins and outs of how this school works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in being an administrator, uh, there are a thousand and one different jobs that you're sort of in charge of. Um, and, and one of them is, you know, not only driving the ship, you know, being being the, the man behind the curtain, pulling all the levers, but also, you know, trying to keep so many different stakeholders in mind with your decision making process you know mm-hmm. you you mentioned the school board and the superintendent you mentioned our students and and the community members and of course the teachers and and the other administrators at school so you know as someone who has um so many different people sort of uh looking over your shoulder maybe is the wrong way to mm-hmm. put it but but at stake with those decisions how do you how do you um how do you have the peace of mind to to lead in a way without feeling all of that pressure at the same time? That's an excellent question because with the last word you had was pressure, and I do feel a lot of pressure, sometimes in different ways. Um, um, the I believe that I, just like a classroom teacher, just like a student, just like a classified member, if you can show that you get results, and the word results has a lot of meanings. Yeah. Um, sometimes results are just no news is good news. Yeah. Sometimes results is, um, you know, we we didn't have fourteen uh, fake fire drills during the week. <laughs> yeah. You know, just the little things that know that your school is safe and secure, um, they make a difference and they build they build and I use the I use an analogy about a stack of chips. Yeah. If I can get some chips on my side of the table, it allows me to make sure that I can that I. Uh, that um, when I need to cash them in, I've built enough clout in order to do that. So um, 
the 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 pressure that I feel is a different pressure. I feel the pressure of continuing to make sure that our kids are getting the best experience possible, that they're safe, that they that they, when their parents drop them off or they come to school from from home to home that they're that they're taken care of and we and we have their best interests at, at, at heart, that our staff is being listened to, that our that our um, um, that everyone is it feels like they they have found their niche as a staff member. So I feel these weird this different type of pressure. Um, I don't worry if, if I can take care of all that. Yeah, which is a big ask. If by I can take care that's, of that, that's a big job. Then the the results take care of themselves. And there was a time where, well, you'd had fourteen fire drills in a week. You yeah. have kids in out in the street. You have. A but you've got some chaos, and we've maneuvered to the point now where uh, I think the, the the people that would that I would consider that I have to be that some would think I have to answer to. Um, they're they're pleased with that with what's happening at McMinnville High School. The people I am concerned I have to answer to are students, staff, and parents. Yeah, and if and so that job that pressure doesn't ever go away. Of course, so that's that's part of part of the job that you sign up for, I suppose. Yeah, it is, and it and um and some of those, um and those strange one one off things, those one percent things, those are the things that sometimes keep me up at night. But right now, I f- believe that um, I I don't have to do it all by myself. I have a great team, and I and that team is uh, 195 staff members strong to support our 2,200 kids. And I, I count on every one of them to uh, to grab part of the rudder that's moving this ship and, and getting in the right direction. That's awesome. Hey, we're uh, we're running short on time, so I'm gonna leave you with one last question. Okay. Um, you know, last week you announced that you're gonna retire at the end of the year after uh, you know it sounds like a, an eventful career. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned several times this is year 16 for you at McMinnville High School in some capacity or another. Yes. So um, at the end of the year, when you decide that it's time to hang it up, what do you hope that your legacy at this high school will be? And, you know, how do you want to be remembered when, uh, when the time comes for you to move on? Wow, that's a that's a big question for the last question, Matt. I know. Um, sorry to that's sorry okay. to hold that one that's off okay. on I've you. Been, but I've got a lot of practice talking here, so <laughs> it should be good. Um, um, I hope. So, um, the unfortunate uh, circumstances that uh, that caused the position to open up, in which I am applied for, um, I uh, as a principal of middle high school three plus years ago, mm-hmm. I. I uh, um, I knew that we were in a we were in a time of we were in a time of flux in our building with construction along coming along the way, and new leadership within our school. So I knew that the only person that really could do it or should do it was me. I don't know if I was the right person, but I couldn't think of anybody else that could at the time. No one so, else had the same experience. So yeah. it was. So I felt like. Um, and um, the group that I worked with taught me more than I taught them. I learned more about my leadership style. I learned more about um, about the kind of things that uh, the the kind of person I really was inside, but sometimes couldn't always get a chance to show off. Um, and so, what I hope that people, I hope my legacy is that I cared. I cared about um, 
the garbage in the in the in the food court and kids I walked around with kids I cared about the flowers in the front of the school and I cared about um that people's rooms were taken care of and their the new room they were going to get as we were taking care of that as we go through construction that um we continue to grow our programs and they know that that I'm that I'm willing to listen to them and get them the things they need um and that they can come to me with anything and I'd be ha- I'm, I'm I sometimes I may have to tell them no I can't do that um but but just the fact that they came and talked to me about it meant meant a lot yeah and so yeah, um, I hope the kids know that I cared. I hope they feel like there's somebody that if they needed to borrow some money in Safeway in five years from now and they were a short little bit that they they hey Mr. Vignier, can you help me out? That would be that would mean a lot because now don't don't have everybody do that. Well, of I course, yeah. Could. I was gonna say we we can edit that out later yeah. if you need. Yeah. But so I think I think that uh, that I that I cared about McMinnville High School. I cared about the community and. I've been fostering community in our building for for a long time, and hopefully we've we've got enough uh, uh, traction and momentum to keep this going. Well, I can say uh, this is my thirteenth year at the high school, and I've seen the school turn around and come such a long way just since I've been here. And uh, a big reason for that is, you know, your guidance and your leadership. Oh, and so, you. you know, I just want to say on behalf of myself and, and the staff, um, just thank you for all that you have given and, and um, helping us get back on a, on a great track here at our high school. So I, I couldn't imagine any other way doing it. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of McMinnville and, and our kids. And so, um, like, I, like I end almost everything we have to say, go Grizzlies. Uh, all right. Thanks, Thanks so much. All right, folks, thanks for listening to MacTown Heroes. I hope you've enjoyed hearing all about what it is like being the principal of what I can unbiasedly say is the best high school in Oregon. I know something that I'll be taking away from the interview is how being in charge of and working with adults is so similar to the way teachers work with their students and how important it is to listen and foster autonomy in our building as well as with our students in our classrooms. I also have a better appreciation about the challenges that come with being the principal of a large high school and what it takes to be such a great leader. As always, my hope is that through this podcast, we all get to know a little more about the hard work that is necessary to being an educator in America, and more specifically, the amazing educators that we have here at McMinnville High School. If you enjoyed this and any other of the episodes in this podcast, please don't hesitate to share those with the people who you feel would appreciate them. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.